Hi, Raphael Bender here, founder of Breathe Education, and you're listening to the Pilates Elephants podcast with me and my co-host, Chloe Bunter. There are many things that are awesome about the Pilates industry. However, many of the practices we take for granted are out of date or just plain pseudoscientific. These are the elephants in the room in Pilates, and we're here to talk about them openly and honestly, and with a fair few F-bombs thrown in. This show is about debunking the myths and giving you science-based tools to become a better, happier, and more fearless teacher. If you've been enjoying the show and you want to give back, give us a five-star rating and write us a glowing review on Apple Podcast app. That'll help other instructors find the show and let us know we're making a difference. In today's episode, Chloe and I talk about growth mindset, how to pick yourself up and dust yourself off after a setback, how to change negative self-talk, and how to check if, in fact, you're not just surrounded by assholes and maybe you just need to remove yourself from the situation. All that coming up. Hey, imagine this. When you meet a new client, you know exactly what to do. You're confident because you already have a plan, a plan that's so powerful and versatile that you can use it with any client, big clients, small clients. Clients with pain in weird body parts, clients with diagnoses ending in itis, osis, or opathy, clients with neurogenic pain, whatever that is. Well, actually, neuro just means nerve, and genic means produced by. So neurogenic pain is just pain that is produced by nerves. Anyway, clients with balance issues, clients with pain in any body part or in many body parts, all with this one weird trick. No, I'm just joking. There is no one weird trick, of course, that's going to solve everybody's problems. But if you come and study with us in our Diploma of Clinical Pilates, you will genuinely learn how to help people with all of those issues that I mentioned, plus many more. You'll learn a deep understanding of how the human body works and of modern pain science and evidence-based best practice. And you'll learn how to apply that knowledge to genuinely help people with their musculoskeletal issues. This is a one-year in-depth program. I would love to have you in the program. It's 100% online, no travel required at all. You can do it totally from your lounge room. If you're interested, I'd love to have you. Come and join us. Click on the link in the show notes, and I look forward to seeing you in class. Go on, click on the link. Hey, Chloe. Hey, Raph. How's it going? I'm I'm really good. I'm in a really good mood today. Hey, me too. It's- yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like it's a no brainer. You're in a good mood, but sometimes I'm not in a good mood. Yeah, me too. Really? Yeah. Really? Sure. I mean, everyone's not in a good, good mood sometimes. <laughs> I'm in such a good mood today. You know, sometimes when you're just like, this is, yeah, this is great. Yeah. Yeah. So what are we going to talk about today anyway? So today uh, we're going to talk about something that both of us are very passionate about and something and it's not that we're oh, push up, push <laughs> up. Uh, so something that we're very passionate about and including we're very passionate about at Breathe and uh, something that we fostered not only in the staff but in our students is a, a growth mindset. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Growth mindset. Growth mindset. I think, I don't know, I'm totally projecting here. You know, I've got a hundred percent absence of knowledge about this, right? So I'm just totally making up a story in my brain. So, but it's my perception that most people, when you say growth mindset, most most people go, "Oh yeah, I've got that." But mm. I think a lot of people don't actually have it, even though they might think they've got it. Mm. 
What do you yeah, think? and I think that yeah, I look, I think I'm really looking forward to sort of meandering through this this conversation actually and and seeing what sort of thought you know little thought bubbles come out basically because I think there's a lot of there's some nuance in this, there's a lot of crossover with um an earlier episode that we've done on imposter syndrome and perfectionism. Yeah. Uh, definitely imposter syndrome um, if we're thinking about, you know, the opposite of growth mindset being a fixed mindset and sort of let's let's delve into that a little more. And I, I'd like to preface this conversation um, by why, why when, I, when we thought about what we're going to speak about this week, this is what was particularly on my mind. And the reason this is on my mind, uh, and again, not dissimilar to how I started our, our episode on imposter syndrome, was the amount and continual amount of direct messages I get from students and particularly new grads uh, saying, oh gosh, I've just taught this class and it didn't go how I planned. It didn't go how I planned. I don't know how to pick myself back up from this. How do I not let this dent my confidence? Uh, I can't stop thinking about it. That good old rumination is such a bitch. <laughs> like it does not help a thing, right? Uh, and uh uh, the wonderful Belinda and I uh, are going to do. We we love doing a bit of a, an Instagram live, and we thought, oh, let's let's see what what you know our listeners would like us to, our followers would like us to chat about. And this subject came up again and again and again. What do you do when you teach a class and it doesn't go to plan? How do you not let that dent your confidence? And also, what about when a client gives you some air quotes, negative, you know, because we get constructive, <laughs> but it's perceived as negative feedback uh, or what if your boss gives you feedback? How do you not let that, you know, we're getting a lot of people just saying that they feel so shit after that, that they're questioning yeah. so their it's, ability it's, and career choice. It's like, it's pretty big. Know, how do you bounce back after, you know, what you see as a setback? Yeah. And instead of letting it get you down. Yeah, and it's it seems to be really – because, I mean, I think we'd all go – and I fully expect, by the way, just dear listeners, I fully expect this conversation to meander and to kind of evolve and as, as Raph's and my conversations often often go with this is not this is not laid out on a, you know, a lesson plan. We're going to think it through as we kind of – as it comes to us and we talk it through. Um, but when I think about that, Raph, it's interesting. I think about – you know, all the things in a day that I might not do particularly well, you know, um, like simple things like, ah, oh, you know, I'm not very good at getting the flea treatment in the right place on the cats, right? Uh, I, like seriously, I just really <laughs> stuff up the placement, right, which is an issue. Those uh, fleas you must know. be so sick of you putting in the wrong place. There's, I, and by the way, my cats do not have fleas because I give them their flea treatment monthly, even though each month, trial and error, I have to try again to get it right. But just on a daily basis, there's so many things, you know, gosh, blow drying my hair, maybe, you know, like went fuzzy or this or that, like there's all these things, right, that we do constantly that we don't do very, you know, that we might not do very well. But I don't go, oh, shit, 
I'm never going to blow dry my hair again. That's it. I'm just going to, do you know what I mean? Or oh, stuff it. I'm not fleeing the cats anymore because I keep stuffing up the placement, right? But, but, but be fair, be fair. There, you know, those things have probably very little emotional salience. This is what like, I'm, you know, this like is what I'm getting if to. I said this to you, Chloe, you know what? <laughs> you're not, you know, you're not such a valuable human being. You know, I've known people who can blow, the, blow dry their hair better than you. You know, it's like, well, you, you're thinking like, well, who gives a fuck? I don't care. You know, I don't care. But if but but if well, someone if you're adding you like, in the not so much a valuable human being, that's adding it a bit more weight to it, Raph, and now I am starting to feel a little bit, fuck, that's hurtful. Maybe I do need to put more weight into my skill set of blow drying my hair. But um, but if you but if you def, you know, I mean, all facetiousness aside, you know, for those of us who are Pilates teachers, like, well, when you do what it is that you're sort of defining yourself partially by, like, I am this, this is what I'm getting to. Correct. Yeah. That is the way. That is what I'm saying. We we hold so much of our self worth and and who we are is held up in that. Right. We care deeply about it. Absolutely. And I think that's that's the crux of it. Okay. So if we're going to care about something so much and define our identity and self-worth by this thing, this is where we've got to then look at, well, what are some, if, we, if we've got that much, and, and this is awesome, you know, this is what, you know, having that, that much passion about something is, is brilliant and getting to do that as your job is, I mean, that's what dreams are made of, Right. So we've got to look at then, well, the, the why are we spiralling into, you know, and how can we potentially not spiral into that and use uh, any sort of perceived setback as as space to grow as, hmm. yeah? So, all right, so let's, look, before we move any further forward, let's define growth mindset. So what's yeah. growth mindset? Uh, so growth mindset, well, I'll have a go and then can you have a go as well? Okay. <laughs> I don't like it when all the pressure's on me for growth mindset. <laughs> but uh, uh, being being gritty uh, and optimistic about something. So uh, learning from feedback, uh, both positive and constructive, uh, when you get knocked down, dusting yourself off, and getting back up and going, hell yeah, let's go, bring on the next challenge. That was freaking awesome. I've learned from that. To me, that's growth mindset. Facing challenge with optimism, I do believe, Raphael. What do you think? Yeah, I, well, I, I would say I agree that though that's the behaviour that you see in someone who has a growth mindset, but I would uh -huh. define growth mindset a little bit differently. Okay. I would say it is the the mentality that, you know, we as humans and, you know, you individually, like the person who holds the mindset, can grow and improve and that if you kind of suck at doing a particular thing, that's just because you haven't practised it enough yet and, mm. you know, or you haven't tried it the right way yet and so you just need to keep working on it and you'll get there. Whereas the opposite, which is fixed mindset, is the, the notion that or the belief that, you know, our qualities, our aptitudes, our personality is kind of fixed and set, you know, and, and if you have self-talk or talk to others, it's like, you know, I'm the sort of person who dot, 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 
you know, like it's like, oh, that's just who I am, you know, I'm not good uh, at I'm not gotcha. good at this, you know, that's yep. just me, you know, rather than I'm not good at this because I've never really focused on getting good at this. And if I wanted to get good at this and I was prepared to put in the effort to get good at this, I could get good at this. Do you think I have a smidge of a fixed mindset towards technology? <laughs> I'm trying, I'm definitely trying, but out of all the aspects, you know me well, out of all the aspects in my life, I would say that's, um, that I have a a general rule of thumb. I think I, I am a, I have a growth mindset, particularly in regards to, uh, my, all the things that I really love doing and really passionate about. Well, I think, uh, well, so, all right. So I think, you know, all of us, I, I mean, I'm a firm believer in growth in the value of a growth mindset, but I don't think that discounts the fact that different people have different aptitudes, right? So if we mm-hmm. all start ballet training today, in five years, we're not all going to be equally skilled. You know, mm. some of us are going to pick it up quicker than others, right? Due to whatever genetic predispositions and, you know, factors in, in our makeup. So, you know, talent is a thing, you know, genetics are a thing, but you know, so if you want to, you know, I mean, if you wanted to be the 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 world's best, whatever dancer, gymnast, whatever, it's like, well, you probably got to pick the right parents as a good starting point, right? But if you just want to be a damn good dancer or gymnast or whatever, well, you can do that. You know, anyone can do that, right? Mm. But if you want to be like in the top five in the world, no, you probably got to pick the right parents and work damn hard for a long time. You know, but but I think everybody can improve. You know, everything if we put in the time and effort, but it's going to be, certain things are going to be easier for certain people and other things are going to be easier for other people. You know, if I wanted to do the splits, I could, right? But I'd have to work so fucking hard because holy shit. I mean, if I just walk past a weight, I get stronger. You know, if I, I'm just thinking about weights now, I'm, I'm, I can feel myself getting stronger, right? But if I, <laughs> if I stretch for two hours a week, which is about how much I stretch, I, I avoid getting more stiff, right? So if I, if I want to actually get more flexible, because I run a lot and I, you know, I, that stiffens you up. And plus I'm just naturally a stiff person. Like if I wanted to do the splits, that would be a God, holy, you know, massive multi-year, multi-hour uh, per hey, day you, undertaking. You're, you're preaching to the choir right. here. I, 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 I'm definitely <laughs> would define myself as a stiffer person than you, Ralph. Right. You'll be in those splits way before me. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll hit it when when we're eighty, and you know, you'll get we can there have a plank off instead. Yeah. I'm down with that. <laughs> okay, you'll beat me at that. Um, yeah, so I think yeah, there are definitely aptitudes, and there are also mm. just things that you're interested in, like you know. I'm not that interested in, like, I've got a pretty terrible sense of direction. You know, if you just take me outside my front door, spin me around once and say, yeah, which way's north? I'd be like, no clue whatsoever. I didn't know that about you. Yeah, terrible. Really I'm terrible. exactly the same. Huh. Well, exactly the same. Let's make sure we use the GPS. Like, Let's never get lost together. <laughs> I mean, I use literally use the GPS to go to the corner store and my wife's like, uh, I'm like, is it up here? And she's like, no, it's the next one. I'm like. All right, thanks. She's like, well, this is like the 150th time we've made this five-minute drive. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but like, why would I remember it? So, so you know, but I think if I if I really cared enough, mm. I could get good at that. I just don't care. It's like, why not just use the GPS? It's free, mm. you know, just gotcha. use it. But, but, it, but I don't think that I'm unable to improve at that. I'm just not mm. interested in improving, you know. And with the splits, I don't think I'm unable to improve, but I just think it would be a disproportionate amount of effort you know, it would be more effort that I'm prepared to put in, you know, to 
to achieve that result. It's not mm. not important enough for to me mm. to you know to spend the time doing that. That's how I often feel about backbends. I'm like, I reckon I could you know improve those backbends, but I don't spend the time. Yeah. Having said that, Melissa, Melissa from our Dip Crew has in fact written me a program huh. to get me into High Bridge, so she's going to keep me accountable. Nice one, Melissa. Mm. Shout out. Very nice. Yeah. So, shout out. Yeah, so I'd, I wouldn't say – I'd say you've got a growth mindset, Chloe, but, you know, I think we're all motivated. I don't think you're very excited by technology. I'm not really. And I feel like I can't I can't see jo- Josh, uh, who's uh, a sister, <laughs> does all our tech and sound. I can feel like he's uh, on here right now having a little quiet giggle. <laughs> well, maybe not <laughs> off so quiet. camera. Yeah. Not so quiet. Probably chuckling loudly. <laughs> Probably rolling around on the floor, clutching his sides in pain. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, I uh, agree with that one. Um, okay, cool. So we've got we've got a growth mindset where uh, we believe that if we can get good at something, if we put in the if we put in the effort, if we put in the practice, we can we can get good good at something, right? And then there's the the fixed mindset where it's like, mm, no, nah, that's just the way I am. Uh, I'm shit at that, so I can't get good at it, or, or I or, or I'm not also. Tell- or also, yeah. like, I'm good at it and that's just an inherent property of who I am, right? So if if, if you're good at a thing and you think, oh, that's, yes, I'm just you're talented. naturally talented. Yeah. 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 Which is fixed mindset as well. Yeah. 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 Mm, super interesting. And I uh, the reading I've done on both of these, particularly uh, from Grit uh, by Angela Duckworth, who delves into uh, talking about both of these, and how it can be really set up, um, set up by teachers and parents when you are young as well uh-huh. is is that sense of you know the fixed or and there's some great there's some wonderful there's a wonderful passage actually in grit where she gives examples of what's a statement uh, that fosters a growth mindset in a child yeah. and what's a statement that fosters a fix. Should I just read a couple? I think it really helps. You understand that? Yeah. Well, yeah I, I, I mean, I, I mean, let me let me try a couple, and okay. then you tell me if I'm right okay. or not. Okay. So you know, and because I've read the book, so you know, maybe maybe I'm just remembering it. But um, so what I took from that book was, you know, with my daughter Bintu, I never now, you know, when she does something, I never say, "Oh, you're so talented," or "You're so," you know. You know, you're so great at that, or something. I always praise her effort. I say, "Oh, you've tried so hard." You know, I can see you've really been working on that, or you know, I, that was an impressive effort that you put in tonight, or, or whatever. So, praising effort and perseverance, not correct, not not results as such. Spot on, spot on. Yeah, that's exactly that's exactly right. That's I guess exactly I'm just right. Good at this, eh? You you are good at that, and um, I was reflecting. <laughs> <laughs> I was reflecting on this over the last couple of days when we were going to talk about this and thinking about um, my own upbringing and uh, my parents and my grandparents and uh, the different things I've done throughout my career and how they've been quite – things I've done have been quite different to each other. It's not like there was a, a logical step that ended me up as in Pilates and then as a uh, Pilates trainer of, you know, <laughs> of students, etc., and uh, my parents were very much, and I'm sure they wouldn't have realised they were doing it, but they very much fostered a growth mindset in me that I was always, always told that I could do absolutely anything I wanted to. I had to put my mind to it. 
I had to put in the work, but I could do absolutely. And, and my, my grandfather was the same, my dad, my mum. Yeah, so I've really, and I was, I was really reflecting on that the other day and going, wow, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that because I, I have always sort of, you know, I've tried new things and just gone, okay, well, this is random, but I'm going to, yeah, I don't know. It was interesting. I don't know. I was looking through, I used to be a makeup artist and I was, you know, and a lot of people would know that about me. Um, and I was a makeup artist for quite a few years. I worked, uh, I worked in high fashion. I worked in um, beautiful photographic work. I worked on a couple of smaller movies. I worked in, you know, a l- and I look back now and I go, like that was like 2008 and you know, give or take around those years. And um, I, I remember one day just deciding I was going to do that. I don't kind of know why. And I told my grandfather and my grandfather said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to buy you your kit for this makeup school. You're going to be great at this. And he, and I remember he went and he, he bought me the kit to get me started. And, you know, there was no like, well, are you, you know, why, why? But it was just like, okay, great. You'll be fantastic at this. Let's, Uh let's do it. And I'm so grateful for, for those sort of, yeah. Anyway. I don't, I, it just, it just was, I've just, it's cool. I think the more we can foster a growth mindset uh, in children and then also, you know, I mean, gosh, we're, you know, we can rewire. The yeah. brain is, the brain is plastic. So, yeah. you know, if you don't have a growth mindset or you haven't had a f- gro- f- growth mindset fostered in you, doesn't mean that you can't now work on having a growth mindset. Well, in the very act of working on having a growth mindset. Is a growth, is a growth mindset. mindset. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, okay, so as soon, cool. as soon as you start to try, you've succeeded. Bam. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and definitely if you are an educator and you're listening to this, including an educator of adults, uh, such as us at Breathe Education, fostering a growth, a growth mindset uh, with your students, I think, is absolutely paramount. And how you can do that is with being mindful of the language you use. And uh, I have to catch myself on this. It can be very hard not to say to someone, and I've said it, you're a natural. Because you think think you're giving a compliment, don't you? Like you think you're saying – like you think – yeah, like it's a compliment. Or even just saying something like you're smart or something like that, you know. Yeah. Whereas it actually – what we know is that that doesn't help foster growth. So that's, I think that's yeah, really like, interesting. So I've, I try now, I don't always succeed, but I do try and say like, instead of saying like, oh, you know, when someone asks me a good question or, or they say a really insightful comment, a student, for example, instead of me saying, huh, you're really smart for saying that. I say, oh, I can see you've been thinking about this really hard, right? Which is kind of almost the same, but it's, I think there's a pretty important distinction there. Yeah. I don't always get that one right, but you know, uh, work in and, progress. And, and that's the thing. I don't always get it right either um and we are humans but we've got a growth mindset raf so we are we'll we'll keep we'll keep working towards uh getting better and better at it each time so okay so let's loop back to um i get the i get the dm you know the direct message from the the new grad and they've just taught uh you know they've they're new to teaching and they've just taught a, a packed reformer class and uh, 
they feel like they forgot their program or it didn't it didn't flow they stumbled over some words they uh you know then a client went and told the studio manager oh so and so seems inexperienced this is this these are dms i get pretty much that's almost verbatim and now that new that new teacher that new instructor is thinking ah shit ah okay, maybe I don't know as much as I know. Maybe I'm really terrible at this. Uh, I can't do this, yada, yada. Yeah. What do we do? How do we help? How how can they help themselves? Well, I I don't know if I've got some great answers here, Chloe. I mean, I can can say what what works for me, but that's really all I can say here. I don't, you know, I don't know. Well, what works for you? Well, I just, you know, personally, you know, it's really hard for us, for anyone to know, anyone else's actual internal experience and world, you know. So I've got no clue how this feels for another human. But I just know for me that, like, all of that is, like, way overthinking it. You know, like, okay, I taught a class. I got a few cues wrong. Fuck it. You know, whatever. Did someone die? Yeah. (laughs) Like, move on. And make a mental note. Do that cue better next time. And here's how, you know. In in fact, I, actually, sorry, I, I I've recalled actually I do have some evidence based advice on this, which is around self talk, um, and so this is something that I learned in, uh, in my undergraduate degree in exercise science around the the athletic literature around like sports psychology, um, where um, there were some studies where basically people have negative self talk, so where it's basically self critical, you know, in a monologue, um, and. What they what they found is that if people replace those self-critical comments with encouragement, like "Come on, keep trying, you'll get there," or right, "You can do it," you know, "Keep going," you know, like stuff stuff like that. Just basically, you know, like inciting yourself, encouraging yourself to more effort. Right? You'll get there. Keep trying. You know, keep practicing. You'll get it. Um, instead of "You're an idiot. You fucked that up." Right? It just switch switch the inner narrative and literally just say to yourself inside your head, keep going, keep trying, you'll get there, right? Keep practicing, you'll you'll get better. Um, that they found that was actually very effective in changing people's inner monologue and improving people's confidence and and self efficacy. So that's something. But I I just think like you 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 have to you have to accept that when you're new at something, of course you're going to kind of suck in so, so you know a little bit. It's like think of the first time you did anything, like people just aren't awesome at things the first time they they do them. And I think too that it's okay to be overt that you are new. Yeah. Uh, This is the one thing I'm noticing a lot with new instructors. It's there and I'm I'm, I'm imagining potentially where this is some of the imposter syndromes coming in because they feel like – they have to be perfect. They have yeah, to yeah. – uh, it has to roll off the tongue like it does with an instructor that's been teaching for a decade, but it doesn't. You know, it, learning and being new at something is always going to be clunky. It's always going to take more cognitive – you know, the cogs are going tick, 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 tick. It's going to take more effort for you to think it through, for you to do the thing, right? Uh, so I think that if you could just be a little more, I, you know, I reflect back when I was first starting to teach and 
I remember the day I, it was the first time actually teaching at Armature and I was out in front and I'd never taught on the Balance Body Allegro 2s before. Oh, yeah, they're difficult. And, they'd, and from, from moving a foot bar, if you haven't done yeah. it before and you're used to the, I was used to the clicky ones to the side, the Allegro one, so totally different. I hadn't set myself up for success by going in and playing with them first etc and I remember standing out in front and every single face is looking at me and the client at the front needed help to move the foot bar and I remember just getting it and everyone staring at me and my cheeks were going redder and redder and redder and I just and I just said I'm sorry can someone help me you know all the time the other time I set everyone up. I wanted to do some kickbacks on the box, the long box. And bless, I set everyone up facing the exact wrong way, including getting their strap on. And they all tried. They tried to do what I asked them to do. And one uh, really sweet client just went, come, come over here, kind of ushered me over. Um, I don't think it's going to work this way. I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, those two scenarios, did I go away going, oh man, I am so shit, can't believe that I had everyone, everyone looking at me, you know, I set, I set an entire class up the wrong way, including putting the feet on, including getting them moving in the position that wasn't going to work because there was no load on the straps. Do you know what? No, you just got to shake it off. So you shake it off and learn from it. Did I after not being able to move the foot bar, did I stay back and freaking learn how to move the foot bar? Oh, hell yeah. I wasn't putting myself in that position again. Mm-hmm. I, it didn't feel good. It didn't feel good to be in that position. It felt yeah. embarrassing. Like my yep. face went red, right? Uh, and, you know, did was I, was I stoked I set everyone up the wrong way on the box? No, but do you know what? I've never set them up the wrong way on the box again. And it's turned into a great story. And it, oh, they're they're great story, you know. And I and I can I can still visualize the moment. I can visualize uh, how I, like I can feel how I felt in the moment. But I could have gone home and and this is what I'm hearing in my DMs is I could have gone home and ruminated on that. So that that rumination where you just can't think about anything else and you just play it over and over in your mind and each time you play it again you go oh god I feel so shit about myself oh I'm so dumb that was so stupid I can't do this I'm a failure okay that's not healthy that shit and I've said it again and I'm sure I've said this pretty much exact same quote in earlier episodes that shit will stop you getting to do what you were put on this earth to do. Yeah, go get some CBT. So here's, here's the thing, here's the thing. Get some, get some therapy. Ask, ask for therapy. Reach out. Cognitive behavioural therapy. It's awesome. really good. It's, a, it's specifically for this. That's what for it's rumination. for. It's for stopping people thinking over and over the same thought that's not helpful. Yeah, and I also don't want to sit here and go, I've never been there. And anyone who's listened to um, the body shaming episode of Elephants knows that, hey, I did my time. <laughs> I I got the therapy. I I absolutely was a ruminator. Uh, I Is ruminator the right word, Ralph? Sounds like terminator. Ter- oh, is it the Sounds terminator? I was the ruminator. Uh, I had anxiety. That can I be your had- hip-hop name. <laughs> All of the things. So uh, I don't take this advice lightly, but get help. Like 
don't don't let don't let that hold you back. And um, gee, it's a nice uh, feeling when you are free of that. Mm. When you're free of that, like sit with the. Do you want to keep feeling like this after you, you forget know, um, one side of a program? You know what? What I was thinking as you were describing that situation, you know, of being in class and you know tr- struggling to adjust the reformer, you know, footbar, and those are really fucking hard to adjust. Like, I've especially with, when they're know. a bit old too. They are the ones I taught in in Bondi. They were even worse because they'd got a lot of salt uh. air. And I've I've actually had to hold on to one before and kick it with my right. foot I mean, in front of everyone. <laughs> well, I've t- I must have taught like ten thousand reformer classes in my in my time, and I still haven't figured out how to adjust those freaking things. Like it just seems to me a coin toss, like whether it's going to move or not, you know. <laughs> but um, uh, you know what what struck me as you were describing that was like okay, you know, you or I now, like I know what I how I would approach that situation right now as someone who's taught ten thousand reformer classes, and I'm super confident in my ability to do that, I would walk in and go, oh, we want to adjust the footbar. You know what, guys? I've never – I don't know these machines. Does anyone in here know how to adjust the footbar? Could you show me how to do that, please? And I would have no problem with that and the clients would have no problem with it either. Spot on, Raf. Spot on. And that's what I was saying about being overt as well and I'm exactly the same and this is how I now set uh, my students, our students up for success, exactly that – hey, if it's a reform you haven't been on before and you haven't had the chance to get in before, because let's be honest, maybe you're doing an emergency cover, yeah. right? You've, you're, an, you're being awesome and you've put your hand up and you're racing in there and you're like, you're looking around, you're like, okay, here's a room full of reformers I've never worked on before. Do you know what? There will always be a client in there who's been on it 50 million yeah. times and actually they will feel awesome to get to help the teacher. Yeah. I yeah. promise you. And I have used that technique Many times. Yep. Many the o- times. The other thing is that in about that situation that you described from the DMs where somebody basically, you know, got a couple of cues wrong and then froze like a rabbit in the spotlight and then the client, you know, one of the clients said to the studio owner, oh, that instructor seems a bit inexperienced. Right? Yes. Now, obviously, I wasn't there. I'm hearing a third hand, right? Mm-hmm. But but the way I deconstruct that situation, because I mean, I've managed the studio for a decade and I've seen those instructors, I've been that instructor and, mm. and I've seen, I've mentored those instructors as well, is that, all right, and, and we actually teach this in our training as well. So one of the things that clients value in an instructor is experience, right? That's what the clients tell us, you know, there's a 2016 survey from the Pledges Method Alliance that asked, you know, what's valuable to clients and the client said, yeah, one of the things they value is experience. But here's the thing, how do clients know that an instructor's experience, you know, you when was the last time you went into the party studio and there's the instructor's diploma hanging on the wall with the date that they graduated and how many hours I've taught? Like, you don't know that shit about your instructor, right? So how do you tell if you're inst- – I mean, I don't even know it about my dentist, right? How do I know my dentist is experienced? Well, I go in, he seems confident, right? Yeah. He seems to know what the fuck he's doing. I wouldn't know if he knows what he's doing. He asked for the number four amalgam. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck that is. You know, if he asked for the number 24 amalgam uh, – amalgam, by mistake, I wouldn't know the difference, right? If he pulled out the wrong freaking tooth, I wouldn't know the difference, right? So I don't <laughs> know so how he – So so when you when – you, if you – you know, I'm, I'm hypothesising here, right? But yeah. um, if, if that person who sent you the DM, they're in front – I can imagine it. They're in front of the class. They're feeling intimidated. It's their first or second or tenth or whatever class, and they're like, holy shit, I'm not sure if I'm, if I'm ready for this. And so they're like stuttering and stammering, okay? 
and they got a couple of cues wrong and then they were like, oh, shit, sorry, out loud. Sorry, everyone, I got that wrong. Oh, it's my first night, whatever. Right now, why did the client then think that they were inexperienced? Was it because they got the cue wrong? I would say probably almost certainly not because the clients wouldn't know the fucking difference if you got the cue wrong. But the clients do know that you said, oh, sorry, everybody, I'm really shit. It's my first night, uh, uh, start a stammer, start a stammer. So I think it's the, you know, like I'm thinking, all right, what if Chloe, you know, with with 10,000 plus teaching hours walks into that same studio for the first time ever and goes, hey, everyone, and then gets that cue wrong, right? Exactly the same cue, exactly the same wrong, right? What's How's Chloe going to play that? Chloe's going to go, ha ha, I got the cue wrong, everyone. <laughs> what an idiot I am. Literally. Uh, let's keep going, right? <laughs> like, no big deal. <laughs> Just move yeah. on, right? I and- think it's okay to say you're I, – I, I, so I guess what you're saying there, though, is, Raph, which is kind of different to what I said. I was thinking it's okay to let people know you're new. You actually think they – shouldn't you think it no, should no, no. be a bit that's more that's not what i'm saying that's like, not what no? i'm saying okay like what i'm saying is like what people like when 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 i've thought a lot about that pma survey from 2016 you know where the clients of america surveyed over four they've surveyed over 450 pilates studios their clients of all those studios and they said what's the most important attributes to you in a pilates instructor okay and i think number three out of 11 you know like the, the third from the top you know the really important things was experience you know we want an experienced instructor but i've thought so much about this you know how do clients know if you're experienced right well if you're a client you go into a class how do you know your instructor's experience well the way they talk right the confidence they have in their tone the way they hold the room the smoothness of their programming their you know the the fluency with which they they use the cues and stuff like that but it all comes across to their bearing and their their demeanor right and so i think what when when clients say I want an experienced instructor, that is code. What they actually mean is I want a confident instructor, right? So I think it's not actually experience that the clients want because they don't know the difference. Mm. But what they want is someone who acts like they know what the fuck they're doing, mm. right? And, and not even like they know what the fuck they're doing. Someone who's just confident in themselves. Like, I, you know, I've had conversations with Cat Webb about this, with Laura Sagers about this, with you about this many times. You know, I mean, Cat Webb, you know, said to me on a couple of occasions, like, oh, when I go in and I tell everyone the wrong cue, like lift up your right leg and they're like, uh, I'm sorry, I'm standing on my right leg. I can't lift it up, you know, <laughs> I'll fall over. She's like, oh, yeah, that was pretty silly cue, isn't it? You know, what what cue should I use? And she just makes a game of it and turns the whole class into a fun game where the clients are coming up with the cues for it. And it's like, and that's a feature, not a bug, you know. It becomes a good thing that she messed up the cue and now, now they get to play a fun game together of called Let's figure out what the right cue is here, you know. So I just think it's like in that situation, you know, that the problem, you know, that the client was picking up on, what the client was picking up on was probably the lack of confidence, not the lack of skill, right? So you could go in there with the same level of skill, but just more confidence and the clients would be perfectly happy. Mm. You're sceptical about that. I'm going to use a in my. I'm going to. I'm just going to use a personal. Well, I, I agree. I do agree. I do agree. It's interesting though. I did have a. An, I had a shitty circumstance happen once, and I think this is actually in this conversation. It's good for me to talk about because I would say that uh, a lot of our listeners who are grads of mine, etc., would think, ah, oh, surely no one would ever think 
you know, when Chloe teaches a class, she's inexperienced or et cetera, right? Uh, I, and I think I talked to you about this, Raph, potentially, because um, I also want to be vulnerable and say that, you know, it's okay to when something doesn't go how you think it will go or you get some feedback to kind of feel shit for a bit. Like, like uh, you're allowed to have emotions, you're a human yeah. being, right? But then you've got to shake yourself off, dust yeah. it off. Uh, I was teaching um, teaching at a new studio in Bondi and, you know, at this stage I've been teaching for, I don't know, seven years or whatnot, I was highly experienced, highly experienced. <laughs> Wasn't a trainer for breathe yet, but I was a highly experienced So you weren't yet the elite of the elite. Well, like, well, you know, I wasn't green around the ears, that's for sure. And uh, I remember this new client came in. It was a very um, – this was sort of our more dynamic class, et cetera. I set the scene at the beginning, what, what the class was going to be about, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, taught the class how I normally, normally would – uh, brought my normal stage presence, did all, did all the things. I thought it was a fantastic flowing class. Had a couple of, uh, staff members in that class as well. Uh, great class, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, I was like, I felt pretty good about it afterwards. This particular client was doing a little bit of kind of, uh, you know, like sort of some alignment protocols on themselves that would indicate that they were used to potentially a different style of teaching than me uh, and so on. So there were a few little things I picked up on, but picking up on those uh, for me was that that um, trigger to just show this client a little more love. So I thought I did a great job of handling that as well. So I was feeling good, right? So you can imagine my shock when this particular client sent through a huge email to the owner of this particular studio uh, to say that they were disappointed in the class, they were disappointed in the level of teaching and uh, the inexperience of the teacher and that I didn't suit the premises or something. It was very – it was it – was, it wasn't nice, right? And uh, I remember the owner bringing me in to sit down and, and talk to me about it. And the first thing he said, he said, I just want you to know that I 100% back you. I know how experienced you are. I've been to your classes. It's the reason we've hired you. So I just want to premise it with that, okay? And he was wonderful. He let me talk it through and I talked through my experience, which is how feedback should go. So if you get, and this is what I want you to know too, that if you are getting feedback from a, a client that was constructive slash negative in this case, that there should always be um, a conversation that your boss has with you and that should be can you tell me your side of things as well this is their perception of it what happened for you during this because sometimes you might just go yeah actually you know what fuck I wasn't in a very you know good headspace that day or I was distracted this had just happened I didn't bring my a-game I'm glad this has been brought to my attention you know thank you it won't happen because do, do you know what I mean or it can be like this where I just I mean I must admit this feedback came through and I felt, I felt, to be really honest, I felt kicked in the guts. Like, you know, when you hear something and you feel like sick. Yeah. Like I felt sick. And, and also I felt, I felt in, I, maybe a bit embarrassed. Like I felt, do you know what I mean? I really respected the place where I was working. I was really excited to be teaching there. I really loved 
this boss who was talking to me, it felt, this felt really uncomfortable to me. And anyway, um, it turns can, out. Can, well, can, yeah. I, can I finish the story? Because I've heard this one before and I've, I think I heard it when it actually happened. I think I was. Because did you know, I say, hey, I'm feeling a bit sad about this, right? Uh, well, I'd, I remember discussing this with you, like, you know, on the phone one time. And I'm pretty sure that if I recollect right, it turns out that this, quote, client was actually an instructor at a competing studio. Correct. Um, and that basically they were just, you know, causing trouble. Sent in particularly yeah. to, yeah. But before we even figured that out, I just want to give a shout out to this particular boss at the time. Massive props to him. He actually wrote back to this client uh, saying, you know, I'm sorry that obviously, I'm sorry that, thank you for your feedback. I'm sorry that was your experience of it. I do wholeheartedly stand by. Chloe and her experience and our instructors, what's so wonderful is that we have many other instructors on the timetable and we'd love you to give you a class to come in and try with one of the instructors and see if they're a better fit for you. This is before we knew the person was a mole. Yeah. <laughs> Sent in, right? <laughs> so there's, there's really... And once I found, like, I should, you know, look, I was shaking it off already and yeah. to be honest, the way that my boss dealt with that was enough for me to shake it off because how, how fantastic that they showed that they had that, that faith in me. And, I mean, God, that's the reason they've hired yeah. me. So segueing to that as well, Raf, is that sometimes the DMs I do get from uh, new grads is that they're actually having a fucking shitty experience with a shitty boss in a shitty right. toxic environment. And so that's, the, that's the meme that says – you know, when you doubt yourself and you think you're, you're, you know, lower than the lowest of the low, make sure you're not, in fact, just surrounded by fucking assholes. You know, right? Like, sometimes <laughs> it's not you, it's them. Yeah. So I believe that you should be working in a space where you're cheered on, you're nurtured on to succeed. Yeah. Now, now that a part of any growth that will involve feedback. It will involve you needing and, to tweak and, things. It will need and sometimes you. Sometimes it will be feedback that's going to be a little bit challenging for you to hear. Right. right? But it's going to be delivered in a in an affirming and supportive way. Ex exactly. Exactly. And then it's your job to apply that. And yeah, there's can, like can there's we, give can or we take. Just talk. I just like to unpick that just a little bit. Yeah. And, if, you know, like affirming and supportive because I think there's probably a lot of misunderstanding of those terms in our industry. I believe a lot of people think affirming and supportive means you always say nice things to people that, that, that make them feel good. Right. You know, whereas that's that's not what I mean. I'm pretty sure that's not what you mean when you, when you use those terms. It's like you might be delivering some news that the person's going to find challenging to accept. Like, okay, when you did this thing, it had this effect that was mm. not what you intended and mm. that made people feel bad and it caused a problem and I need you to do it differently moving forward. I've <laughs> right? had plenty of that feedback in my life. Plenty. I've right? had plenty of that whilst working right. <laughs> with Breathe because so, that's part of how you grow. <laughs> right. And so, so, yeah. you know, so we all need to hear that from time to mm. time. Um, and to deliver a message like that, okay, like this thing that you did, uh, kind of didn't work and here's the reasons why and here's what you need to do different moving forward, okay, that can be delivered in an affirming and, and supportive way, you know, by prefacing it by going, hey, you know, if I was going to give you feedback, I'd go, hey, Chloe, you know I love working with you. You're awesome. You're such a hugely valued part of the team and I love the way that you have such a massive growth mindset and I know that you're going to take take this the right way and I've got some feedback to give you that I heard from a client and blah, 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 blah. 
what's your, you know, what what's your, if it was from a client, I would of course yeah. say, you know, what's your side of that? Or if yes. it was from something I'd observe, I'd say, look, I saw A, B and C and yeah. here's the effect. I know you didn't intend to have this effect, you know, because you want the best for everyone. But what I saw was this other person got really upset by that and they didn't share that with you or whatever. Yeah. You know, and so we need to, you know, make some adjustments moving forwards. Right? And that can be, not can, that is so helpful because I have had feedback before uh, that the way I have, you know, delivered something or whatnot has landed this this away with this person. And I've had no idea that that's what they were thinking or that's how it had affected them actually. In fact, I've come out of something feeling to- like a totally different way about it. So, And I'm like, oh, wow. Okay, so it helps uh, with you being more, that's helped to make me be more self-aware about about certain things. And I've had um, that I've had that as well. Like, you know, often often I've had the experience of thinking like, oh, I'm doing such a good job with this person and then I get feedback from like, yeah, no, that person really fucking hates the way you talk to them or, you know, <laughs> like. <laughs> the last oh, feedback I got, okay. I was shocked because I thought we'd, I'd come out of that meeting feeling totally different to how these people felt and I was like, oh, oh, wow. Yeah. And, and in that moment it's okay that – that feels uncomfortable because, you know, and when you hear something, you know when you get feedback, Raph, and you know. Like you've given me feedback before, Chloe, you look distracted. Yeah, I was distracted. Like there's, that's not it. Do, do you know what I mean? Like there's no there's no secret about that. It's not like I'm like, oh, yeah, Soz. It won't, like I I'll be more mindful I, of that. If, if I think that was one time we were on a Zoom meeting together and I saw I could see you on your phone. and I think, No, I was taking a photo of Malibu. And he was I being really I cute. I texted you on your phone saying you look distracted. Yeah, because I was taking a photo of Malibu because Malibu was being really cute. I was 100% distracted, right? So, you know, if you, your boss says, hey, you look distracted because you're taking a photo of your cute little kid and, well, you're distracted. Like that's, you know, that's just Fair you've cop. been caught out. Fair cop, right? <laughs> sort shit out. But, the, the, you know, there's nothing shocking about that. You don't go, oh, God, I feel kicked in the guts. But when it comes really, when right. it's and, a different and, and perception would, to what you had of something. Right, sorry, just – but when I deliver that feedback, I would never say and didn't say, like, oh, you always, you never – you know, yeah, you're yeah, the yeah. sort of person who dot, dot, yeah. dot. It's like, hey, right now, you look distracted. Yeah. But, Raph, you and I, you could have just said, Chloe, get off your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and it would have been fine. So, you know, there's different <laughs> different relationships you can yeah. get away with a bit more. Like, you could have just said, oi, phone down. And I would have been like, oops. <laughs> so is Raph. Uh, but, but then there's the, the more nuanced feedback where I think there's, there definitely needs to be um, a sensitivity in the deliverance of it as well. Uh, which I think you do so fantastically and I think is fostered so fantastically at Breathe Education. And, I mean, we've got – don't we have an episode on Radical Candor? Pretty sure we do. Yeah, pretty sure we do. Um, but you know what I'm learning, Chloe? And this what? this is interesting. This is feedback I've had and I've had to have this – I've had to receive this feedback like 10 times already and I'm still like 50% across the line with it only. But um, – so you know, as the I'm the I'm the leader of our organisation, and we've got like 36 or so team members, and so you know when we started out, my job we were, there weren't 36 of us, there was only like three of us, and my job was to teach all the Pilates courses, and now my job is not really I don't do much teaching, I teach just one lecture a week for the diploma, um, and I correspond with students a fair bit, but uh, you know really my job is to lead the team and and share the vision, right? And the vision is like here's what we believe in, here's our values, here's where we're going, here's the the difference we're trying to make in the world. And you think like, okay, that's a fucking full-time job to say that, 
you know, that sounds like a pretty cushy job. You know, just to say those four things, like how many times do you need to say it before everyone's got it memorized? Well, the, the, what I'm learning is a fucking lot of times. You've got to say it a lot of times because I literally start every meeting we have by reciting those things. And then I talk to people and they're still like, oh, no, I don't know what our mission is. I don't know what our you know, values are. No, they don't literally say that. But yeah. but there's, there's still lack of clarity at times, you know, when we come to some kind of decision point where we've got to choose between A and B. It's like there's there's always situations that come up that there is, there's muddiness, murkiness. And so it's like, well, I've got a full-time job telling people this vision and I think like I'm not going to tell them it again they're just going to roll their eyes and tell me like for fuck's sake do we have to hear that again and 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 so I refrain from telling it and then people are sitting there going well what the fuck are we meant to be doing like we don't know what the vision is I don't know what the mission is yeah and so my perception is totally different to to the experience of other people and and I'm there sitting there thinking like yeah everyone knows the vision I shared it only last month you know everyone knows what we're doing mm. <laughs> everyone's on the same page and then you know Nicole our general manager comes to me and says like you know what these six people don't have any fucking clue what you're talking about. You know, these three people started since last month. They haven't heard about the vision. They don't even know there is such a thing as a vision. Mm. And I'm like, oh, I'm not doing my job, you know. Um, so, so you know, th- I think that feedback is like so crucial for all of us, you know. And I, I need, you know, so the lesson I'm learning is when you tell someone something or share something with someone, just doing it once isn't enough, no. right? Seven times is, a, I reckon, the bare minimum, before someone goes, oh, now I get it. And, and that's my experience of learning to say it seven times. It's like it's taken me more than seven times of hearing that <laughs> to mm. learn that I need to do it seven times. So, yeah, I'm sorry. Sorry it went off on that, dragged you off no, on the tangent no, there. I, no, no, I love it. Um, so, yes, feedback. Feedback's crucial and feedback isn't something to be feared. Feedback isn't something to uh, thwart your life passion and it's life an past. Um, path. Uh, that's exactly right. It's it's an opportunity, and without it, I don't, I, I don't know how you how do you grow without feedback. You can't. That's right? it's a, it's a it's a necessary ingredient for learning. Right. If if like if think about it, if you're practicing throwing a basketball into a basketball hoop, right, but you are blindfolded and the you're got earplugs in, and so you don't know if the basketball goes in the hoop or not. Right, so you're just throwing it and hoping it goes in the hoop, but each time you don't know if you got it in the last time. You can't make any corrections. You're not going to get any better at what you do. But if you can see or hear when it goes in the hoop or someone tells you, hey, you're off two feet to the left or something, then you, you can improve, right? That's how, that, it's, so having feedback on your performance is a necessary condition for improvement and learning. You can't learn without feedback. Mm. Yeah. There you go. All right, so I want to uh, – there's, there's one just kind of little sort of – overlapping thing it's not little it's an overlapping thing that i want to talk about because i I know that you've got to take malibu to the vet yeah no one panic he's all right he's eyes eyes checked um as has he got 2020 vision or (laughs) how's he going to read the little letters because cats can't even read (laughs) malibu there's ralph's talking about you the funny thing is i can see he's already put himself in his cat carrier which is so helpful to me he thinks it's a bed Little does he know it's taking him to the vets. <laughs> no, he's got a um, he's got a blocked tear duct from when he was um, a little stray. Yeah. No, from when he was a little stray kitten, uh, yeah. and it's it's causing some issues. So, yeah, I wouldn't want Anywho. to have issues. Okay, yeah. Um, so yeah, so kind of this overlapping issue, I think, is that people sometimes um, set the criteria for success 
kind of incorrectly. So if they're, for instance, mm. in teaching a reformer class, right, uh, and like, well, how you know if you did a good job? Well, if you say like, all right, well, I, you know, if I do all my cues smoothly and, you know, don't get on the reform back to front at any point, you know, whatever, whatever rules you make up for yourself about how you know you've succeeded. Well, just say you do all those things, but you deliver it in a wooden, you know, toneless, you know, disembodied sort of, you know, distant way. And all the clients go, that was a fucking shit class and don't come back again, right? Is that truly a good job? So like if, you know, like I think at the ultimate, at the end of the day, how do you know you taught a good class is the clients come up to you afterwards and go, fuck, that was an awesome class. Can't wait for the next one. And they come back to the next one. Right. Right. And so like, you know, and so that's an example, probably not a great example of sort of mixing up between what you're trying to achieve and what you think you're trying to achieve. Mm. Um, Another one that I see a lot in, um, uh, in instructors, and I see this, I see this so much. Oh my god! Is instructors and and people who work for themselves, like people who maybe say you know see clients out of their back room or online or whatever, um, uh, they they want to increase their income, right? They want to earn more, and so what do they do? They do it. They do a, another weekend Pilates course on another modality. They learn fascial slings, or they learn a new prop, the oeuvre, or the motor, or the Fitness circle. Fitness circle or whatever, right? They do some kind of modality. I think, oh, I'll have Haven't we TM'd? Haven't we TM'd the, uh, TM'd the 101 things to do with the fitness circle? TM, TM, Raph and Chloe. And, and so, and they think, all right, they do bar training or they do, you know, whatever, right? They, they do another certification. They mm. think, oh, I'll do another certification. But actually it's like, well, if you think back to the goal, like the goal is to earn more money, right? So wouldn't a course like sales be more or like financial management mm. or like or getting a business coach or mm. you know something like that you know uh, negotiation skills like you know something that is directly related to what you're actually trying to achieve rather mm. than some kind of surrogate measure that you think like okay if I know more oove moves you know therefore some somehow that'll magically translate into me making more money but it's like that doesn't translate you know? And how many oofs we've just sold? <laughs> how many times we just say oof? Do you know they're going to start coming up? They're going to start like once this comes out, you and I will get this on our newsfeed now. Oh, will we? Oofs. Oh, yeah, yeah, ads for yeah. them. Yeah, oh, yeah, because yeah, yeah. we'll go up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know what? It'll probably, I'm sure my phone's listening to me right now. I'm sure they'll start coming up <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> yeah, so I think, I think, you know, just to kind of round that out, I think, mm. okay, so sometimes people get upset because. They, you know, they, they, they judge themselves harshly and they think, okay, I made a mistake, therefore I'm a loser, right? So I've got negative self-talk, it's an internal, sorry, it's, it's a fixed mindset, you know, yep. I did this thing bad, therefore I am bad, Yep. rather than I did this thing bad, therefore I just need to practice a bit more and get it right. Mm-hmm. Or even I did this thing bad and it gives a fuck because the clients didn't notice. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, yeah, no, sometimes it's, you're just surrounded by assholes and you need to find a different set of people to hang around are going to lift you up, right? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's like, okay, you heard some someone said something to you that was hard for you to hear, and but that was actually a good thing because now you know better and you can do better, right? And mm-hmm. before you were you were still having that negative effect on people, you just didn't know about it. Exactly, right? exactly. <laughs> You're walking around thinking everything's awesome, and I've oh, had some fuck, like really eye-opening <laughs> feedback. I'm like, I had no idea. Wow, okay, cool. I need yeah. to be more mindful. 
Yeah. So it's it's just like, you know, a head in the sand mentality, really. Like, totally. Um, and then there's there's a situation, this, you know, this last one that I'm trying to communicate, I'm not sure if I'm doing a great job of it, but it's basically like saying, like, I want to be really good at this one thing, so I'll measure myself on whether I'm good at this other thing, you know. And then you, then you're either really good at the other thing, but the, the first thing that you actually want doesn't improve because they're not related. Like I did more courses on fitness circle moves, but I didn't make more money. And mm. I can't understand why why that didn't work, mm. <laughs> you know. Or or in studio, I see this all the time from studio owners. Studio owners, are, you know, tell me endlessly that they can't find awesome instructors. And when they say awesome instructors, what they want is kick-ass instructors with a great attitude who can fill classes. Correct. Right? That are that are on time. That right. you know. Don't don't text in sick at two a.m. because they were right. out partying on Instagram. Right. Yeah, Instagram stories the night before. Or yeah, exactly. And, so. and who love what they do at the studio and totally uh-huh. buy into the vision and mm-hmm. love their clients and love their culture and love their their you know values. But when they advertise for instructors, what do they say? Wanted comprehensively trained instructor must be available Tuesdays and Thursdays. Apply to this email address. You know, it's like well, you didn't tell them what you actually want. You told them something else, right? And so if if you found an instructor that was super kick-ass, incredibly passionate, had you know, people lined up around the block for every class, amazing attitude, never chucked a sickie, but they weren't comprehensively certified, would that be a deal breaker? You know, like I'm pretty sure it wouldn't be in most situations. But, but yet, you know, people are asking for one thing, whereas actually what they really want is some other thing, you know, and then they get disappointed when they say all these fully – comprehensively certified instructors who aren't kick ass, but they didn't mean that wasn't part of the job description, you know. Mm. Is it uh, the the famous Maya Angelo uh, quote, and I'm paraphrasing, but and please don't quote that Chloe said this. This is definitely a very famous Maya Angelo quote. <laughs> hold on, hold on. I'm just going to um, let's. Should we get it up on uh, Google so we get it correct? It's absolutely pouring rain here at the moment. I can feel it. Hear it coming through my. Headphones. Uh, so the paraphrase is, Ralph, you should be able to bring it up with, um, there you go. people will forget, people, have you got it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drowning here, Ralph, help me out. Oh, you can't see on my screen? No, my screen just a, no, oh, just a blank screen. <laughs> here we go. I'm like, I'm in the dark, Ralph. So here we go. Oh, that was right, good feedback, Chloe. Thanks for that. Yeah, I can, I can read it verbatim now. I'm like, why has Ralph like, left me? I don't know what's going on. Um, I've learned that people will forget what you said, people forget what you did, but people will never forget how you made them feel. And I, tr- <laughs> I truly truly embody that uh, with my teaching. I truly, I, I, I have thought about that quote often and how powerful it is mm. and, and how true it is. Yeah. I've, um, I, I think that that's, those are such powerful words to live by. And it, it's interesting, you know, there's an intersection, I think, with perfectionism in this whole conversation as well because we think that we need to be perfect for people to love us. You know, if we get the cues wrong or we're wearing the wrong thing or our ponytail slips out or whatever, it's like, you know, people won't like us. People don't notice that shit. They don't know. notice that shit. What size are we? What this? What that? Honestly, they they all they notice is how did you make them feel? Mm. Except, except sometimes you are in fact surrounded by assholes, right? I talked to I talked to a lady in New York 
yesterday, an instructor there, and she, you know, she's a woman of colour, and she's not a dancer, and she's not, you know, a slim, petite, size six, you know, person. You can't do the splits. But she's an incredibly passionate and highly skilled Pilates instructor. But she she told me a story of basically being shut down and closed out of a whole bunch of job interviews, like basically rocking up on a recommendation from her mentor, you know, highly recommended her to this, you know, these studios. And she rocks up and they're like, oh, you're not a dancer. And she's like, no, I never said I was. She's like, and then the studio owners are like, oh, no, well, we, we can't continue this conversation. Oh, then, that's appalling. You know. Yeah. And so, like, bullshit is real in the world, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, and And – you know, some, you know, but in that situation, it's like, well, you can't, you're not going to win with that person. So you just got to walk away. But, uh, you know, I think when it comes to, you know, your client interactions, you know, for people who genuinely just love Pilates and want it, all of those normal benefits that people want, they want to feel great physically, mentally, emotionally, they want to enjoy some social time, they want to get into a flow state, they want to, you know, be healthier, they want to, you know, have more energy, all of those things that people get from Pilates they're going to love you for how you make them feel, not for any of the technical things that you do, not for what, not for the cues that you use, not for not for what freaking Lululemons you wear or Lorna Janes you wear or whatever. Like it's you know people don't care about that shit, except except some you know crazy malakas. <sighs> okay, so time to. Do we have we come to fruition, Raph? Do you think on that? So well, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. We want to get good at something if we want to follow our passion. If we want to, well, we've we, we've got to foster a, a growth mindset in our in ourselves and in others. Yeah. And if you find that you don't have a growth mindset and you are in that negative thought cycle and that real that really fixed cycle, well. You can change. You can yeah. get help for that. Yeah. Um, and you can you can do that. You know, one by just changing your self talk narrative. So when you when you have a, a negative piece of self talk, just like pre prepare. You know, write yourself a short list. You know, two or three positive self talks that encourage yourself to more effort and persistence. So you know, come on, you can do this. You got this. Keep trying. You'll get it. Like just think up a couple that, that work for you. Mm. And anytime you catch yourself saying you're an idiot or any other negative self-talk, just substitute that in. And if mm. that doesn't work, go get some CBT. Mm. There's a there's a great – and uh, read – if you haven't already, read Grit by mm. Angela Duckworth. Like seriously, it's really fantastic. And she's got a wonderful uh, sort of flow chart basically to, to move yourself – progressively towards growth mindset if you're having a, a tough time with it um, basically growth mindset optimistic self-talk perseverance over adversity she said my reckon recommendation for teaching yourself hope is to take each step in the sequence and ask what can I do to boost this one mm. and then etc cetera, etc cetera. and basically and and I, I mean there's some hard love here if reading, and this I'm reading verbatim from her book, if reading this chapter you recognise yourself as an extreme pessimist, my advice is to find a cognitive behavioural therapist. I know that how unsatisfying this recommendation might sound, but da 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 da, da. Yeah. 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 And I would add to that, but first, check that you're not in fact just surrounded by assholes. 
that's exactly we yeah (laughs) that's exactly right great chat raf yeah we should do this more often we should do this more often i'm feeling very uh growth mindset right now yeah me too let's go out and take on the world Uh, i'll take elevate to the vets (laughs) (laughs) but i might might go down and have a stretch (laughs) go go work on those front splits get 0.001 percent more flexible awesome (laughs) I have faith in you, Ralph. See you, Chloe. Bye.